millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Right, so we've got a little bit of extra ramble chat from episode three with Emily Hall. We went for lunch and we got quite in depth about the topic of gender inequality in music. So I've put this out as a standalone clip because, you know, it's important, isn't it? The article being referred to was one that Emily had retweeted, a brilliant article titled How Studios Subliminally Silence Women, written by Grace Banks for The Quietus. And I'll put a link to it in the podcast info so you can have a read. It's so great to get Emily's thoughts on the matter and I hope you find it interesting because I certainly did. So yeah, let's just get to it. Here it is. So yeah, we were talking earlier about the Grace Banks article that you shared. Yeah. In, in that she actually links to a few other either studies or other articles on a similar topic. Mm. And at the end of one of these other ones, which is Slate.com's article, um, I think this sums it up quite well. Joni Mitchell observing years ago, and this is the quote, is um, okay. how whichever man was in the room with her got the credit for her genius. And uh, then there's one from uh, Bjork as well. Everything that a guy says once, you have to say five times, but maybe five times isn't even enough. Yeah. And so I was wondering, like, yeah, any personal experience that you think is going to be valuable for people to hear? I don't know if it's because 20 years ago people were much less enlightened or because 20 years ago I was 20. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know which it is, to be honest. Mm. I suspect it's a bit of both. Okay. All I know is that when I was in my 20s, I wasn't really questioning it, but I was surrounded by mansplainers, you know, mm. and I guess because com- the composing world it is quite was quite male-dominated then, and then moving into more technology-based stuff as well, that was more male. Um, I just think subliminally, I didn't realise that I didn't quite have the role models I needed, you know? Like, well, these are all things I didn't realise at the time, and then when I had children... I kind of felt like I didn't want to make it that obvious that I'd had children like publicly like I might be seen as like not being as serious as I was or you know and because I didn't have I didn't have obvious like female composers who had had children making the fact that they'd had children obvious yeah. and going yeah. it's fine you can do you can do this you can still do both it's fine yeah. you know so these are all things that I've only realised more recently yeah. but I've not thought I, I've been thinking about it a lot recently because it's so current and everyone's talking about it yeah. 
So I think a lot of these things are very subtle, um, yeah. but they have much more of a profound effect than you Think. Well, you had just the decision to try and hide the fact that you're... Yeah, I mean, not, I don't mean hide, yeah. I just wouldn't have, like, put it on my Twitter mm. profile, me with yeah. my child. But then now I'm like, actually, that would have been a really smart, that's a really smart thing to do yeah. for other people to see that it's, like, you can do both. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it just yes. seems irrelevant. But now it seems like there's a reason to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like almost in a way, like not that you should feel obliged, but it's almost like a responsibility. Yeah, to do exactly. That to, people need to be aware of to have a child isn't to quit music or to quit any sort of career. You're not going to yeah. become, you know, less creative when you have children, but mm. you will have less time. Yeah, yeah. You know. Do you have any sort of any horror stories or something that maybe you look back on now and think that was totally wrong or that environment made me feel um, uncreative? Which is something that Grace Banks said in this article is that going into like a studio space, it's geared towards men, even subliminally, and yeah. when that is the case, then uh, certain like aspects that are maybe stereotypically associated. I hope that people can see my uh, bunny ears here when they're listening to this, a passive woman, or like a woman being less creative and less valuable in terms of their creative input. That reinforces them and then makes them kind of, uh, yeah, just be more introverted and not actually yeah. suggest ideas. So actually yeah. you don't get the, um, the input of the creative females in the space as much as you should and as much as that would be valuable. Have you got anything to mind that... I, I, the, main, the main time that I experienced that is, has been, and it's happened several times, has been in the context of live performance and, you know, whatever, with electronics, amplification and 99 times out of 100 it's man mm. and just several you know, interactions where I'm made to feel small because I'm not talking in this like technical geeky way mm. and it's it's creatively been quite damaging to to the to the performance. Right. You know? yeah. And and I mean and now I'm you know, now I'm like forty so I kind of know how to deal with it but like I shouldn't have to deal with it, yeah, and I had to deal with it in when I was younger, and and now I now I've had the experience of working with women in that role, and that barrier hasn't been there, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's just like you know, it's like oh right, okay, so that's why like I don't I don't think you have to be technically minded to be to be able to produce, yeah, you know. But I think that there's this kind of slightly wrong impression that you need to know everything about everything and you need to be very technically proficient in order to produce but you don't you just need to yeah. be creative I find that the most technical people are often the least creative people anyways generally speaking but very often it's the most technical people that you know are sort of defining it yeah. and that's not right and and I think maybe that's put off a lot of women yeah and I don't know I mean I um, that's been Probably the, they have been good. The one, that, that for me is, is very noticeable.
This piece is Ode to Nature from Folia de. I really must correct that it's Woody Allen, not Woody Harrelson. And Roman Polanski, as he walked into the studio, who were both like accused sexual harassment. Yeah. And so, as a woman walking into that space, that sets a real precedent. It is changing. I mean, the pit, you know, PRS are doing yeah. some really head-on stuff. I mean, it is changing. Yeah, it's funny though because I think a lot of um, creative industries like to think they're more ahead of the curve when it comes to sort of these sort of issues, but it's clearly not the case and, and and yeah it maybe is unintentional like coming from you know someone that's just unfortunately grown up in society where it's just uh, subliminal and ingrained yeah because yeah. Um, yeah actually I was um, I started looking for um, you know another female composer and yeah. I was thinking about the ones that I know and I kind of contacted them but I also noticed that I exhausted the list quite quickly and and so this is like a total admission of my, it's a fault of mine for not being kind of more investigative. Mm -hmm. But also I think that it's possibly, yeah, just an industry and a societal problem because um, women making music isn't necessarily promoted as much as a man was. And something I noticed actually, going onto Spotify, Sorry, I just thought that was maybe my son's class. Oh, okay. It's not my son's class. <laughs> <laughs> That's a school run. It's, it's school run. school coming back from swimming. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so something I noticed on Spotify was, uh, which you, you'll find quite interesting, and it, maybe I'm speaking quite generally, but if you're going on looking at related artists, if you're on a, like a male artist's profile, you would rarely see a woman in the related artist, even if their genre was completely in the correct genre. But if you go onto a female, say, electronic producer, composer, and you click related artists, there are way more female artists in that. And, so it's, and it's kind of, I thought like, is, is being a woman a genre? Like, <laughs> wow, I wonder what the algorithm is for that. Exactly, what's going on there? So like, and I'm speaking generally, it's just from what I've noticed from clicking around a bit. Yeah. But it does seem to, like, same with classical composers, if you type in um, uh, 
Roxanne Panofnik. Yeah. The related artists will probably be, you know, more female composers. And it's yeah, like, that's so weird. It's, it's like, just because you have one gender doesn't mean that you sound a certain <laughs> way. And it's just a funny little observation. That's and really it kind interesting. of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. Like, and it made me also go a little softer on myself in the fact that there's possibly a reason why I don't know as many female mm. music creators as um, I do male. Yeah. Um, it is a male-dominated industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the numbers could well be the same, but you just don't get to see it because yeah. apparently being a woman is a genre. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like, yeah, no, I, I, I seem to remember somebody trying to claim that people who were gay wrote music which had some kind of link with each other, yeah. which is kind of ridiculous, Isn't right? It? I mean, how could that be, right? Oh, yeah, there's God. all these strange assumptions, and it is a, I think it's a long road ahead. At yeah. least we're on the road. Yeah, it feels like we're probably on the road now. Yeah. And people like Jude Kelly and Gillian Moore have been so brilliant mm. at getting people thinking about it, and particularly in classical music. They've yeah. done loads. Yeah. They just normalised it, you know. They just normalised having those conversations. And, and, and lots of people commissioning, um, positively discriminating in their commissioning and in their programming. And, yeah. you know, it's, I, I think it's necessary to do that. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, one of the other great little links in Grace Banks' article was to a, uh, a blind test that they did, mm -hmm. or a, um, anonymous submissions for a composer award. Yeah. And they Has that noticed. Been done? Uh, yeah, I think she wrote the article last year, and I can't remember when this thing had been done. But yeah, it, it was the kind of. The, the rate of success in women that doubled because... Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. I know. Well, I mean, I've definitely sat on panels when it, and it's... I mean, it's really interesting. It's like, oh, you know, we need another woman. Yeah. We need another woman. But the truth of the matter is, in the submissions, there's only, like, 20% of women. Yeah. So there's less to choose from. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And you have these conversations like, we need another woman, which is the right conversation to have. Yes. Yeah. But still, the pieces going in aren't equal, so yes. you know what yeah. you do. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I think it's the right thing to be positively discriminated at the moment. Thanks so much for tuning into this little extra snippet from the episode. I'm sure Emily has given you much food for thought, as she did me. You can keep up to date with all the projects on her website, emilyhall.co.uk. Twitter is at Emily Hawley, which is E-M-I-L-Y-H-A-L-L-Y. Find out more about Excuse the Mess at etmpodcast.com. Also on Twitter, which is at etmpod. You can also find Excuse the Mess on Facebook and Instagram, so head over there, give us a like, give us a share, subscribe, all of that. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Emily. Have a great day.
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 